0: welcome back to the brotherhood and business podcast helping other first responders answer the call to entrepreneurship i am your host pat
1: i'm cody and I'm Andy.
0: And today we've got another episode of our Fast Five. Now, our Fast Five, for those of you who didn't know or are just tuning into our podcast today, are 20 questions. We have a, a list of 20 questions from the uh, the book, How to Set Up Your Business for Under $1,000. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's a fantastic resource. We are borrowing the information from these two entrepreneurs who have started multiple businesses. In fact, Fleischman was one of the uh, youngest people to actually run a business. Somebody on the, on the was a Forbes Forbes 500 list, I think, was what he did.
1: What's the name uh, of that book that you got over three there? Three
0: years old. That's actually the name of the book: How to Start Up Your Business for Under Thousand Dollars. Look at that! Yeah, imagine that. So uh, we're going to go down the list of questions that they have, um, and hopefully elaborate on them just a little bit, and um,
2: that, tell you what we experienced too.
0: Uh, yeah, that way we can interject a little bit of what we know and what we did, and uh, help you guys
2: grow your business. All right. Question number one, what differs? what differentiates my business idea and the products or services I will provide from others in the market? So I think from the B.A. Shield side that that is exactly what we saw. We saw a niche in the market. Our business idea filled a spot in the market of firefighters solving a problem and also doubling, you know, we get blackout training or limited visibility training with lens protection at the same time. So when you start your business, like if we want to do, we're going to talk a lot about landscaping just because it's easy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> What's the first thing uh, that comes if up? You're to, got, yeah. If you're going to mow lawns, maybe you're going to do it and you have a special fertilizer and their grass is going to be greener than the other guy, or, you know, the area, you know, the soils, whatever, like that. You have a background, or something that you know that maybe gives you a leg up
0: so it sounds to me like you have a couple of ways of doing things you can either find a niche right as you discussed cody um you can find something that nobody else has done before or you have to figure out something that you do better than everybody else
2: right maybe that's just advertisement maybe it's that could be it you're you're you have a full wrap that looks really good on your truck and they're like oh Dang that guy! That looks that guy's got his Shit together. Or how many right? times
0: have we watched a fast food commercial for a Big Mac and it looks baller, and then you get there and you are like, God, I should have <laughs> just gone to an actual sit down restaurant. Like, you know, it's it. Advertising is huge, so uh, yeah.
2: What else? We can edit that out.
1: I think we should do that. So the next question that we've got is, where is my business going to be located? So obviously, based on what you are doing, is. It, makes this happen, right? So uh, whether it's a restaurant, you can't have a restaurant just be online and people from all over the world can order your stuff that doesn't really work out right. So a restaurant, you're going to be located somewhere and you're going to advertise to the, the people that are in that area that you have your restaurant located. Same thing for, you know, as we talked about lawn care service or whatever you're doing, right? Uh, you, you might only provide service to, you know, people in a 50 square mile radius or, or whatever that looks like for your service or your product. But on the same token, uh, you, if you have a, a good that you can sell and ship, you need to invest in other things. You need a website. You need to be able to advertise and market to to everybody, so that you know people throughout the entire world are able to see, actually know that you exist, and and buy your product.
0: So, if we elaborate on this just a little bit, this is something that actually hit close to home for us as BA Shields. Is recently uh, we were able to sign a lease on a commercial warehouse, basically larger, larger space than what we're in right now. Uh, So it buys us basically some office space and some warehouse space, which we desperately needed. We're able to uh, expand our business. Um, So, I mean, big news for us. We're we're super, super excited. But while we were looking for this commercial real estate, a lot of what existed out there on the market was storefront. And we selling these pieces of plastic to firefighters or people who use SCBAs, we don't need a storefront. I don't need uh, Jane Doe coming through, you know, with her two kids asking for, I don't know. Anything. What What is it that you do here? And then she sees the product right. and turns around and walks out. There's There's no reason to spend extra money for us to have a storefront. Like, we don't need it. And then. It's a mismatch
1: that, on the business.
0: It is. And with that comes um, more expense, right? Those locations, it's a prime location for uh, for, what would you even call it? Retail. Right The yeah. prime retail location. Like this is great. It's got a lot of track I don't guess care what about I traffic. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All of my stuff goes into a box and UPS brings it to the ideal location. Like that I mean
2: 99% of our sales are online. Yeah. We may have some local guys or guys at our department or surrounding departments that are like, "Hey, can you make this for us?" A lot of times we still might even ship it out. But if they're if we see them, we'll just take it to them, you know, so they don't have to pay shipping. But Absolutely. Like they're not even coming to the, to the shop to pick it up or anything, no. but we're but just, they hand just delivering. And they,
0: can, they can still stop by. I mean, it's an open invitation for anybody out there. Give us a call. Come check out our digs. Cause uh, we're super stoked on it. But um, yeah, if you wanted to pick up a shield, you absolutely can. But again, a majority of what we do because of where we're located,
2: it doesn't matter. I've met customers. We had a customer from like Seattle. I oh, was yeah. like, Oh, we can we're coming on a vacation to Tahoe. I was like, cool. I'll meet you. Like I, I hand delivered them to him. He was stoked. It's actually, I remember it's, that. It's that, really was, cool. that was two years ago. So but. if you're
0: in the Reno Tahoe area and you're looking at picking up a shield and you haven't done it yet, hit us up, <laughs> Hit us yeah. up.
2: send us a message on Instagram or whatever. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's cool. It's fun to meet all of our customers in person. If we can, you know, well, I think that's what's, what's
1: so awesome for when we jump into like the trade shows and all that is we, we get, face-to-face time with the people that buy our product. Hey, I've bought your stuff before. That's awesome. We're not seeing them in a storefront. like We're seeing them at a show where everybody is there to get better and take a class or do this or do that. And to me, those interactions are huge and they're invaluable because I get to see who my customer is. And as the customer, they get to see who we are. You get and immediate w- feedback. A hundred percent.
0: So yeah, to be able to do that, that's something that our business lacks you know there are a lot of businesses out there where oh yeah yeah absolutely you know I buy your bikes or I um I've used your services or your med spa your massages are awesome whatever it is and we don't get that feedback it's all online and you know as we all know anything on text or type or email can be construed a million different ways like I don't get to see your enthusiasm but when I shake your hand and you're like you guys have absolutely changed our training game and we're like Sweet. awesome that is the coolest thing in the world so
2: right right and it like big departments you know that are all over the country and you know miami dade like if that they're using our product and and they're coming to us at fdic and they're like dude these are sweet like we love them
0: yeah we're like you guys are the big dogs that's
2: that's awesome um and so even if we roll back into that where's my business located you Every city is going to be different. If you need storefront or you need um, commercial space, see what you can do in the meantime uh, to not have to do that to reduce overhead. You know, like if you can work out of your garage or work out of a buddy's garage that has more space in it or something, work out a deal with a family member. I don't know what I mean. Do it as cheaply as you possibly can until you need more room. And that's exactly what we did. Yep. You know, you do it as cheap as possible. You find someone else that has shop space and you work out a deal with them just like Andy and you work there until you outgrow.
0: Amazon, Apple literally started in garages.
2: Yeah. There's
1: nothing wrong with that.
0: (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. And there is absolutely ways to succeed out of your garage. So that might have to be a whole new episode is starting out of your garage. Right. Maybe we'll just call it that.
2: That'd be (laughs) totally fun. Yeah. Yeah. How
0: do you, how do you do that? You know? Um, moving on to our next question, how many employees will I need? So this is an interesting question. We just same, you know, cycling back to us. Uh, we just picked up another two mm-hmm. part-time people. Um, when Cody and I started the business, I am speaking for you because <laughs> we've talked about it before, but yeah. we've, we never thought we'd hire people. And then Andy came on and then we're like, ah, oh, we'll be good. You know, with, with just Andy. And then Andy's like, ah, uh, guys,
1: this is insane.
0: You guys need to do something. And I'm like, all right, well, let's let's see if we can get somebody else in. And I then believe with
2: the exact words were, this is not sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We're going to have to get Anthony, uh, Andy, Andy, yeah. a mental health counselor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's absolutely right. So, you know, as your business grows, you can grow with your employees. You don't need to hire people right off the bat. Um, some of these huge companies that exist out there, do so with large employees. But again, if they started in their garage, I guarantee you that when uh, Apple was created, there weren't a thousand people programming computers in a garage.
1: Not at all. You know, I, I think to me, part of this too is based off of the type of business that you're trying to create. And maybe what you're trying to do, you can't do by yourself right out of the, right out of the, you know, the start. Right. So, um, may, maybe you need a couple people to help you reach your, I don't want to say your dreams, but what you're trying to facilitate and create, M- maybe you need to hire two or three guys. I mean, it, it all depends, right? Are you making widgets in your garage or are you, do you, you own know, a restaurant or do you? Yeah. I can't, I, <laughs> How many restaurants do you know that are a single person you know i'm the mm. cook i am the waiter i am the just uh, go to charlotte I, you'll know uh, yeah. you'll be able to see it. charlotte <laughs> north carolina it's, it's a uh, so I, horrible place to to me <laughs> right get on down, track guys kernel, kernel, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to it me it COVID depends <laughs> it's, it just depends on what kind of business you're trying to create and can you keep your overhead low and do it all by yourself or do you just need to hire a couple people to get everything off the ground.
0: Yeah. There aren't even, I mean, they're, I, I haven't been to a food truck that operates with one person. No, somebody has got to take the money and then they take the money and they have to wash their hands before they prep the food. So hopefully how do you, well, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> I've been to those food trucks too. That's not good. Um, but, you know, you you do need to realize that it, are, are you an operation that's able to sustain with one person, again, building widget, widgets in your garage, or do you need to actually, like, take that leap and hire people? And if we're talking about the questions you need to ask yourself before you even jump into business, um, that's significant because there is a lot, as I'm finding out, that goes into hiring people. like. Everything from insurance to making sure that their information is protected in certain ways and not accessible to everybody else and payroll and bank accounts. And there's a lot to it. Are you ready to take that on in addition to providing your service?
2: like And that's and we're hiring part time employees right now. When you yeah. hire full time employees, it gets even trickier
0: yeah with healthcare you need yeah. to provide healthcare your uh, the fees that you have to pay as, a, as an employer now go up and the regulations that you we, we were literally sitting here uh talking about what we needed to order um in anticipation of, of scaling up and and things that we needed to do <laughs> and we realized we we i think legally we have to have a first aid kit and that's something as and you fire know,
2: extinguishers Sounds we're we're
0: <laughs> firefighters emts and medics and we're like oh god we overlooked fire extinguishers, <laughs> but we have sprinklers. Like, isn't that what they're for? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it and are you prepared to do the research or, um, find a resource, maybe somebody that you know that already started a business and hired people and say, how did you get started? You know, cause it's something that we're currently navigating. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year or so as we continue our podcast to see how things shake out.
2: Yeah. How we grow. And, yeah. I mean, new space. We're going from like, Right around a thousand square feet to thirty three hundred square feet.
0: Yeah, tripling our space, doubling our employees over almost overnight, right? Yeah, like, yeah. In a thirty day time frame. So
2: Yeah. Here we go. All right. <laughs> what are we on? Four? Yeah, four. Question number four. What types of suppliers do I need? Well, uh, I guess I'm a good one for this question because I source all of our stuff. You you are all of the not. raw goods. So suppliers. Um, I think well. What we did in the beginning was I, I knew where to get our material from an online source, but it was in low quantity, small sizes. We were ordering one by two sheets of plastic, and that's what we were using. And How many shields did we get out of that? Four. Four per sheet. Four per sheet. Uh, yeah. And that's <laughs> not a lot, by the way. <laughs> I, think, I think we just got an order for four shields. Um, so we, we started with that. Um, I found any I I found the source I ordered it and then once we started doing more volume we were like well we need to find bigger sheets of material so that we could yield more product and we needed someone to cut it that was different you know we can't I'm not going to hire five guys to cut out plastic with Dremel tools Uh, there's technology out there it's called lasers and (laughs) CNC machines lasers water jet we've been through all of those options Um, and it's just, you, you try things, right? Uh, you're constantly trying to make your product better. Um, and then we finally, it just takes time. You have to search your local area, find a plastic supplier. Um, you have to go in or call them, you figure out what they got, what they, and if they don't have it, can they get it? And we're buying four foot by eight foot sheets of material now, and we can get 64 out of a sheet instead of four. And all of our models are a little bit different. Um, so we get a little more, a little less out of uh, each model, depending on the size of it. But uh, and the this more is ret- all
0: for a piece of plastic, this is our product. Mm-hmm. Boil it down. Yeah. we're so a we've piece got, of plastic.
2: Yeah, we got, a, we're a piece of plastic. And
0: this is how much work you have to do just to figure out what you're going to use.
2: Yeah. If you can, I mean, almost any, you can find anything online now, right? It's just a matter of, and there's always that question. Can I get it cheaper somewhere else? The yeah. same quality. My That's favorite. the big question. My favorite right? <laughs> Pat likes things <laughs> that are cheap? cheaper. Um, with the quality yes. still involved. Yes. Um, if you sell a cheap product, you got to have cheap prices. And then usually if people know that it's cheap, then they kind of get that from the price. And they know that it's either disposable or it's not going to last or yeah. whatever. It's like buying tools at Harbor Freight. That's not a lifetime tool. I love you it. expect it to die you do, do. at some point. I so uh, then we need to source our shock cord. Um, I think I was buying some of it on Amazon in the beginning and then I found a supplier a veteran owned company out of uh, Georgia and which I love that it's a veteran owned company and we can buy it by a thousand feet at a time. Um, and that's been really good. It just, you have to do the research and it's so much easier with the internet it is um if you can find it locally that's awesome because you can go in and you can talk to people face to face and it's really easy to deal with people um but a good really good resource for, resource for finding suppliers or manufacturers is ThomasNet. oh like you can literally go on ThomasNet and you have if you create an account like I think they just want your information, really. But whatever, it's all take my information, to my it's email, and send, me everybody. send me, send yep. me, send me some spam. I'll delete it. Yeah. Uh, but you can, if you want to find microphone stands or a wood lumber supplier or leather, whatever, you can go on Thomasnet and you can say leather manuf. They're not really manufacturing it, but they're Purpose tanning serves, a leather yeah, tanner. tanner. Or whatever, and you can find manufacturers of whatever you want on Thomasnet. It's a friggin' awesome resource to have. So search Thomasnet for whatever you need. If you need raw goods, or you need to find someone that even manufactures it, because they have manufacturers on there too. Um, I've used it a couple times to to try and narrow down some suppliers and and find new things. Um, so yeah, just suppliers is time and effort. You know, and you're, it's constantly evolving. You may find someone today that either runs out of the material and that's, that's where we've been finding new suppliers. How
0: about having a backup?
2: Right. Yeah. Just
0: because you found one and they do a really good job and it doesn't mean that that's necessarily like the way that you're going to go the entire time. And you should probably have a backup just in case, you know, you do run into supplier shortages or what happens if they go out of business? Like there are businesses every single day that fail because their supply chain dies. And when the supply chain dies, you're at, you're at the end of that.
2: You're at the mercy.
0: Yeah. When your heart dies, you don't get blood to your brain. You know, your brain's doing, doing the work. Wait uh, a
1: minute. I didn't know how that uh, worked.
0: <laughs> for all of you, uh, for all you cops out there, uh, that's, that's what that's for. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that you need to keep in, keep in mind.
2: And we've found that through COVID, right? Like we found prices keep going up yeah. and suppliers stop having supply. And that's how you find a new supplier. You're, and it kind of sucks. But if you're on top of it and you have a backup source, hopefully they have it. And then, I yeah. mean, it just, it's it's evolving. Keep you're,
1: your options open. You're able to always. play your backup
0: shoot. So that's good.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's good. So the last question that we've got on uh, the docket for today, it's kind of a twofer. And that is how much money are you going to need to get your business started? And part of that would be, do you need to go get a loan? So... Uh, with everything else that we've been talking about, I think that that definitely depends on what type of business that you're starting and is, is your cost, your overhead cost, going to be low right out of the gate? Um, or do you need a bunch of, a bunch of stuff, whether it's materials or, or the manufacturing process where you, you need a specific piece of equipment that you can't just Buy at Walmart or on an auction or anything like that, and get lucky for you know a quarter of the cost. uh, How how much are you going to have to invest right out of the start in order to to make your business go? Uh, So to me, I feel like that's again. Are do you have that money saved up somewhere in a honey hole? Or is it time to go to the bank and pitch your idea and say, "This is this is what I want to do. This is why I'm going to be successful." And bank, please give me a loan for a sure. hundred thousand bucks. And you got to remember, they're going to come knocking for that money at some point too. 100%. So you got to be successful. Yep. So,
0: so that should be your drive in a little bit of it. And my role with NBA Shields is kind of the kind of the finance side. So I do the the procurement and the management of of the the financial aspect of the company, I guess you could say. And again, it's a, it's kind of a, a point of pride that we've grown this much without any debt. We've had no debt. So we've been one of those companies that we started small. And as we grew, we were able to roll proceeds or profits, um, roll our margin back into the company. So there were, there was probably two years where we didn't pay ourselves or, or we did very little, you know, it was like, okay, the company bought this for us we would clap our hands like, Oh gosh, they bought us (laughs) dinner. Like, Oh good. Um, or yeah, they bought our flights to a trade show or something like that, that we didn't have to actually come out of pocket on. Um, and that was my goal was to to not really come out of pocket ever on, on any of the stuff we were doing, which would include going to the bank for financing. So, um, nowadays there's uh, a bunch of different options that you can utilize. So you can, um, like Andy alluded to, you've got the honey hole. You can, um, you can leverage your, your, current assets. So you can leverage your house. You can take out a second mortgage. There are a lot of businesses that start up that way. They they basically kind of gamble on that. Um, you can take out uh, other funding options like a, an unsecured loan, which would be the super high interest. But you know what? Hey, uh, I can get $50,000. Um, don't take out a credit card. I mean, some people do, but uh, you know, oh, look, I got approved for a $70,000 credit limit on by chase or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to go buy a bunch of machinery and put these interest. long-term assets. Yeah. on <laughs> 24, something that I plan on putting on 24% interest. Like if it's not something that you plan on paying for right away, stay away from the credit card route. Um, there's options through, uh, SBA or the small business association. So those are federally backed loans. So that's an option that you can look at. The paperwork is more intense because it is the feds and they take a little bit longer, but you're guaranteed to lock in your rates. And, um, your financing is, it's a little bit, once you actually get it, once you get approved for it, it's a little bit easier to go that route. Uh, and then have a backup plan to your, to your money and financing. So it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily something that you need right off the bat. Like, Hey, maybe you and I as partners went in on that and, um, Definitely. We split the cost. So, yeah. Hey, you come up with some money. I come up with some money. I've got this great idea. I'm going to bring you in as a partner. So that's an option uh, for funding. Another option for funding is uh, grants. So if you did end up getting uh, some some form of a grant to start your business, uh, there's there's grants out there for everything from advertising to uh, employee retention to um, real estate. Uh, Whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for, for special needs for, for money. And then the third option is, is crowdfunding. Um, Well, don't,
2: don't discount friends and family.
0: Friends and family is part of, I would, I would call them kind of almost crowdfunding. Like it's a smaller crowd, but if you're asking people for, for money, that's, and then that actually actually trickles down into like angel investing or silent partners. Yeah. So, Hey, I've got this great idea. I'm going to need a hundred thousand dollars to come up with. And you find somebody who's got a hundred thousand dollars in their honey hole. And they're like, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. And typically if you have investors, Uh, they want some form of control of the business. They want to make money in return, but they're also, they're shareholders at that point. Right. So we'll talk about business filings and stuff like that, but they want a seat at the table.
2: They're part of your board now. (laughs) Or maybe they don't. They're like, I just want, I'm a silent investor. That's
0: the silent investor part. So if you, if you issue shares of your company and you say, Hey, I'm going to become this, this corporation and I need to get a bunch of money really quick. I'm going to have 15 people and your minimum buy-in is $50,000. Well, now you have 15 people that you need to approve purchases through. You have 15 people that need to approve hiring. You have 15 people that need to approve your, your business plan for marketing. Um, There's, there's less control. Um, But you could have, you could have a silent investor or an angel investor, somebody who can just shell out
2: cash and, um, maybe you figure out like a fairly low interest that, you know, and you, you, you still have to sign contracts and stuff like that. I mean, you should, you need, especially with family or a friend, we've had friends come up to us and be like, Hey, if you guys need any money, I've had other friends of a friend that are like, Oh (laughs) shit, wait, what are they doing? Like, do they need an investor? Yeah. And we're like, no, we're good right now. And it doesn't like, matter if it's your
0: family. Fine. Let's let's just talk about that real quick. It doesn't matter if it's your family or your significant other or if if somebody is giving you money either in exchange for more money in the future, which is typically how it works. Nobody gives away money for nothing. Or even if it's family and they do say, hey, we've got this money squirreled away. We believe in you. We want to invest in you. Um, we're not expecting anything in return except maybe our money back. Put it on paper. Put it on paper. Make sure it's on paper because families fall out divorces happen um relationships can go to shit he
1: said she said
0: you said you were gonna pick Uh. people people die uh like lots of things happen if if i was an angel investor and the person i invested in all of a sudden had an untimely demise and all of my money is all of a sudden gone how do i get that back right you know um so make sure you're you're covered on both sides i guess would be the advice for there so totally All right. Well, thank you guys again for listening to our Fast Five. Again, Brotherhood and Business Fast Five, Uh, the 20 questions you should ask yourself before starting a business. Check out our last episode where we covered uh, one through five as far as business startup questions go. And um, yeah, that's all we got for you today. Unless you guys have anything else, stay safe. Stay safe.